I fell into a ring of fire. I fell in. Hello and welcome to Fever FM. Tonight we're a little short-handed, but the chat will be just as long, no doubt. Sorry, Dale. Uh, editing all night. Uh, I'm joined by Dale, obviously, um, by that nervous laughter, and Cam. Hello, gents. Hello. Good evening, gentlemen. Let's move straight into it because Dale wants to sleep tonight. We're going to talk the A-League men first. Um, I'm going to guess we're going to do this reasonably rapidly because I don't want to talk about this at all, but we have to. A one-all draw? That's a good point. That's a really good place to put it, man. Great point. Absolutely brilliant point away to Melbourne, which we, as a given zero, with a significant impact on our goal difference on most years. So um, I will take that point and be happy with that point irrelevant of what's happened on the field in the meantime yeah i think if you if you looked at pre-season and you looked at our our you know fixtures for the year this one you'd be and i'm sure you know coaches and the team don't do this but we would be circling that one and say that's a big donut for the for the round and um you know to get a one what a point uh way to victory is is very good and the face of it after after the game also another good point to, to take away. Like, you know, it's not, I don't think, you know, we didn't create much, but I don't think we were battered by any stretch of the imagination in that game. No, well, let, let's talk about the positives then. Um, unchanged lineup, Paulson, Payne, Wooten, Sermon, Kelly Hill, Rufa, Pennington, Altay, Cryev, Costa and Zavada. Um, so consistency. Playing a late game, we never tend to do that well at those, you know, playing 10 o'clock at night. Um no injuries, only conceding one, and that was a sloppy one. But the game felt pretty solid for mine. Is that how you guys saw it? Um, yeah, I think maybe the after about maybe the twentieth minute or so, I think it, it evened out. I think they started the stronger. We struggled to get out of our half, struggled to move the ball, retain the ball, you know, and it created some opportunities for them that you know weren't clear cut obviously apart from the you know apart from the goal in the, in the 15th minute other than that there's a few kind of you know shots from distance from Azadi, you know uh, a little bit interplay but for most part we scrambled well and defended you know okay while we we're being under pressure for the first 20 minutes and after that I thought it was relatively even in terms of of the play the totality of it rather than kind of at the at the goal goal ends of it but yeah, I thought, yeah, they probably shaved it. I think probably on reflection, they probably should have won it. But um, I don't think it was, you know, a three or four one kind of scoreline. You know, if they, if they nicked that 2-1, I don't think we could have that many complaints about it. No, that's definitely a fair gut feel on it for mine as well. Um, I, I thought, as you say, from 20 minutes on, we looked in the game, but they could have scored two in that first 20 minutes and one at 2-1 kind of thing. So it was interesting. Um, I guess there's a lot of contention here with the refereeing in both directions. Um, I I can't remember a refereeing performance like this quite a while. You know, with with the heat that's gone on 
in other leagues around the world with trying to reduce the amount of VAR that's going on or certainly trying to de-emphasize it and put some put their influence back on the on-field uh, officials. This seemed like another one mired in very interesting off-field calls. Uh, we had Pennington getting booked for diving. That was by the on-field ref, so why he's diving in the middle of the field i'm i don't i don't get how a ref even thinks that it, am i just reading too much in bizarre on two fronts i think one there's definitely contact and i think i think by the letter of the law if there's contact it can't be a card for, for simulation i think that's my memory and just where it was on the pitch you know it's not like you know and he might have exaggerated the contact but it was, you know, it was miles away from goal in a not dangerous situation. It's not like, you know, he was trying to win a penalty or a free kick just outside the box. It's like one of those ones that a ref will run past you on the ground and give you the get up, buddy, kind of thing. And so to give someone a, a, a card that early in the game in a position where um, you try and make a lot of tackles and your your prospects of mistiming something later on and getting sent off for quite high it, it kind of maybe made him sort of walk the tightrope for long periods of that game mm. I, for me it was like okay if that's your if that's your bar for simulation how many how many forwards are going to get yellow cards today well i think you actually hit the nail on the head there what you hit there is the lack of consistency in the application of his bar because there was the exact uh, uh, well i say exact not exact same situation there was the penalty shout the victory had laid in the second half against kelly healed uh where the ref has gone no contact that's not a penalty but not dished a card for a dive and if you're going to set the bar where he set it then that has to be followed through on that's a dive that's also a yellow card so it's not so much that he's dishing it out where he's dishing it out and when it's that he's not consistently applied his interpretation throughout the entire game across both teams yep totally agree i i didn't actually see an angle that convinced me that kelly healed hadn't got him but it's got to be one way. But if, if he had got him, that's a pen. A hundred percent penalty, right? If he's got him and he's saying it's no contact, there's no penalty, he has to be saying no contact, then therefore it's a dive, therefore it's a yellow card. It follows on consistently through that. Yeah. But the lack of application in that situation is what's most frustrating. Yeah. Uh, there were obviously those the other penalty shouts as well. Um, there was the... Oh, God. Let's... let's. Uh, I, I want to skip past the goals, to be honest, because I've... I feel like it was the the one that we conceded was very much a oh we've all fallen asleep here. It was just like we had people back, but no one tracked the run, and just we all moved into the goal box and just looked as as Teague, Teague wasn't it? Teague just runs, makes a late run, you know, Tim Brown special up the middle. No one tracks him at all. Yeah, I think Al, Al Tay, I think, was the one who should have been picking him up and was fixated on the ball far too much as opposed to what was happening behind him. And... That said, we've got three defensive midfielders, right? So someone... He was he was, he was the one he was the one that was most central to the action, yeah. I think. Uh, I can't remember where the Alex, Alex Ruff was, or I think Pennington was a bit pulled over to where the, where the ball came from. Yeah. Um, so... 
there was that goal, and then there was obviously the own goal. Uh, Costa making a nice little run down the side. Good uh, whipped low low ball into the box, into that corridor of uncertainty. Um, and just a, a defender stretching and making a mistake, knocking in. Th- so a good cross, really. Yeah, a good cross and a pretty undefendable, pretty close to undefendable ball in, right? Like, it's pretty hard to scoop that away and not put it in the back end net. And if you let it go by, you've got a you know, striker you know, two yards behind you. It's, it's kind of like, yeah, much to be made about the lack of, you know, the zero shots aspect to it. But this is probably the second best chance of the game, if not, mm. you know, like Definitely. probably pushing the first one, you know, because uh, for for the best chance. So, yeah, it's a it's a it's a forced own goal, not a kind of you know how you can have those sort of unforced ones where a guy does a really ratchet sort of clearance or something. But this was one that was was should have been chalked up as a as, as something we've created as opposed to gifted to us. Yeah, I saw one in the uh, Premier League highlights was a guy tried to nod it back to the keeper and it uh, went over the keeper's Martinez, hit the crossbar, hit Martinez in the back of the head and went in. I'm kind of like, Good. that was unforced. Oh, yeah, delightful. I think I think the key for this one is that Costa deserves an assist for that goal. Because it was a it was an excellent run into space and he deserved and it was a very nice ball, which as we say Zawada's coming. And I think there's a question around offside for Zawada if it had actually got through to him. It was certainly borderline, so more borderline than the Pennington one, that's for sure. Um, and I think uh, so. If it got through, it may actually whilst have been a tap and it may have been ruled off for offside anyway. But Costa does deserve a, an assist. So you're right. It was our creation through nice little interlinked passing from when I think Lucas wins the ball back uh, towards our own box uh, all the way down the other end and, you know, score goals. It was, uh, poss- it was, I think, the best inter- interworked play that we played in that entire game. Yeah, we, we it was the time that we, we got broke quickly, I think, was the, the best thing about it. We moved that ball really quickly up the field. Oh, it didn't even feel that fast, to be fair. It didn't, it didn't feel like it... it there was a couple of slower passes in the midfield with uh, Lucas and I think Oscar got on one and uh, eventually they got to Costa running down that wing. Uh, and that was quick. Like that part of the play was quick, but it still felt like it took a little while to get it out to him. So I don't know, I think Melbourne City might have been um, victory. a little asleep, to be honest. Yeah, sorry, victory might have been a little asleep in that situation. Yeah. Um, there's a, there was a couple of other penalty shouts in there that kind of were some... Some interesting refereeing. Again, consistency is a weird one. Let's go with the Pennington one first of all. Pennington, uh, the ball's been lifted over to Pennington in the corner of the 18-yard box, and I think it was De Silva has just nailed him in the back with the shoulder, absolutely clattered him to ground, no one arguing that, that it was a foul. But then the, well, the VAR coming back <laughs> and ruling that it was offside. He was offside by, what, an earlobe? Not even. Yeah, that was... Uh, there was... There, there's a margin of error, right, in, in VAR, looking at where those cameras are and how they it can apply that. There's no way in the world you could comfortably say that he was in front of that player 
by the margin that they've given. Not even close. Like, there's there's no way the system is accurate enough to call that as an offside. I mean, we took what clear and unforced error. Well, clear and obvious error, right? I'd have actually more accepted it was a foul, but outside the box, than I do an offside, nothing given. Like, because there was a, there's a, like that, the the initial contact looks like it's happened pretty close to that line. So I'd be quite comfortable if he'd actually said, actually, no, it wasn't a penalty. It was just outside the box. More than that was an offside, because there's no way that's offside. Can I take a slightly different tact on this? Yes, I agree. There's an element of error in how it's all calculated, right? Because there's only a certain number of frames per second and if you roll it you know if you get caught between those two frames you could be on or offside and have no real implication on on the game but having said that by the leather law it is offside right you have to draw the line somewhere just because it's close doesn't mean it, it shouldn't be called right like at where point at what point do you say that those two lines are big enough that the error isn't removed you know like it's either it's, it's a black and white thing um, even if the the way it's calculated is is not you know 100 you know accurate so i don't think there's really any opportunity to say that's clear and obvious right because they got to do some kind of calculation at what you know those lines are very close but how close do they need to be for you to be comfortable that it's a clear and obvious area you still need to draw a line somewhere right and your miles will draw the line as whether they're the same line or a different line i mean if we, if we're on the receiving that end of that we wouldn't we would be saying something different right We'd be saying 100% agree. We got away with that. I I don't think I'd be going, oh, yeah, definitely, definitely in the spirit of the game. No, I think think the offside rule as it is is not well suited for a VAR related setup, right? I think. Because in my mind, you know, offside is really about do you gain advantage by being closer to the goal than your defender? In these instances, he got no advantage, really, right? But that's that becomes a much more different calculation of was there advantage or was there just a black and white decision? Like and and like you know, for some people you can get caught offside because you're mid stride when the defender is not mid stride, right? So your toe is offside even though your whole body is on like onside. So. Like, do you really gain advantage just by being, you know, being in a slightly different stride than your defender? Like, there's this kind of better way to, like, in my mind, like a better way is really comparing torsos, torsos to torsos, not like heads to legs or legs to other legs. Like, the yep. torso is your the center of your body. It doesn't really matter if half a leg is in front of another half a leg. Like, that doesn't really gain you that much advantage. But a torso is a good indication of where you are relative to another person. I think you've actually hit on a really good point here, mate, that the current interpretation of offside or current law of offside was implemented in 1925. And there's no way that the people that are writing that at that time are thinking of a future implication such as this, which means that the law effectively is not fit for purpose using the current technology uh, technology that's available for use i don't know how you rewrite that to allow for offside i'm not smart i can't figure that shit out but i can see that with a var implications and the 
um, the implementation of the offside rule because of VAR is wrong and it needs to be changed. It needs to be changed to take into account these things. I have two theories. Um, one, I think Dale's right, but I would kind of invert it slightly when I'm saying if you've got part of your torso behind theirs, you can't be offside. doesn't matter whether you're, where your leg is, where your head is, so long as part of you is behind their torso then, or, you know, part of your torso is behind their torso. The other thing I would say is what advantage does Pennington get by being offside by these millimetres, then dropping back on the other side of the defender, being goal side when he receives the ball. This is one of my pet peeves with the offside rule, is that you can start offside and then retreat back and be be behind, sorry, be in between the defender and your goal and still be offside. I find that really frustrating. And I know I'm probably the only one, so I probably should shut up. Yeah, I mean, that, that does create another element of decision-making in a referee's mind about have you gained an advantage or not, you know, like, and do you really want to open that book of worms, really? Because at the moment, it's it's a black and white, right? At this point in time, were you in front or behind, as opposed to at this point in time and the points after that, have you gained an advantage? Well, you see, I, I think it's a, it's a lot clearer line with the are you back uh onside again because obviously you've come back onto the onside when you receive the ball whereas if you're in behind that defense you know then you you've yeah you know position is important yeah. i mean i mean i think if you compare what the technological um setup is for the a league and compare it to what it was for the women's world cup you know it, the the black and whiteness of that decision at the women's world cup I'm far more comfortable with because, you know, they've got a sensor in the ball that tells you when it was kicked. So it doesn't matter about <clears throat> the frames. And then you've got this kind of automated, like, I don't know, wall that kind of comes down the field and works out where you, as opposed to like some referee sitting in a booth with like, you know, less, less than like perfect pixelation trying to work out where someone's shoulder has stopped and finished and drawing a line down to the ground. Like, Especially when they've got those big, thick lines too. Yeah. They're drawing the big, thick lines, and there's yeah. no parallax on the lines, so they stay the same width all the way through. And I'm like, that's not how distance works with light. Just, yeah. I think we should talk about something else. Let's talk about um, there was another penalty shout for uh, victory that Cam mentioned before. Um, was there contact? Should have been a pen. If there was no contact, should have been a yellow if Pennington's getting a yellow. Uh, and then there was also the penalty shout for the potential handball by uh, Lucas Kelly Heald. It smashed into Wooten's face, come rebounding a good metre in a bit and may have touched uh, Lucas Kelly Heald's elbow. How was this not just ruled on field? Wasn't No, wasn't this called for the first time it hit Kelly Heald? Because it comes in and he kind of competes with Fornaroli for the ball. And I think it kind of comes off his sort of shoulder, sort of upper chest, then hits Woot in the face and then goes to the keeper. See, this is the interesting bit. I thought it was the rebound. I didn't see anything touching his arm before that. Well, I think because the, the referee signaled kind of, when everyone asked what it was for, he kind of signaled uh, like someone putting out their arm, like going towards it, which I think is the signal that the first contact that came in from the... Yeah, I thought he was saying putting out 
putting out the elbow, which is on the rebound off Wooten's face, it skimmed his elbow. See, this is... If it's that clear that you have to explain why (laughs) you're doing the VAR or why the VAR is checking, I'm struggling with it. Be hilarious if the ref was calling it for one for the last part of the incident, but VAR was checking it for the first part of the first part of the incident. Well, yeah, I mean, it, the weird thing was that even the Aussie commentators were just bemused by this and the Pennington decision. I mean, I think uh, uh, Dale, you said it was Harper. I don't know. It was, it was the the annoy one that annoys me all the time and is normally absolutely one-eyed and even he was like what the hell is going on here it's like when when the commentators are agreeing with a partisan um observer like myself i don't feel that things are going right for anyone i mean they got that one right in the end i think the ref did well to um not award a penalty for the first tackle that kelly held did against i can't remember who it was who went down because from it at first speed, it looks looks quite pen like, right? It mm, kind of looks like there might definitely. be contact. He falls to the ground, but when you when you slow it, when you kind of look at it on like a closer angle, you can see that I think it's Fornaroli. No, Falami. Falami. Yeah. yeah, I Falami. thought it was. He's like already falling as the as his boot comes in there. So there might be a small touch, or it might not. But he's already halfway down to the ground. Look, he's, so he's looking for it. He's looking for contact. So I think that's yep. probably what saved him. But I think if this get calls it penalty on the in the first instance, I don't think VAR overturns it. Yeah, I reckon you're probably right. Wrapping up, um, no shots on goal, but probably the second best opportunity. In fact, was it no shots at all? I think. But coming away no with one, all, not a single shot. Yeah. yeah. Putting, but with, with the caveat that, you know, Oscar Zavada gets a tap in if that's not a known goal. Yep. And we've got a couple of pretty bloody good penalty shouts in that situation, which would have been shots on goal too. So, yep. you know, take it with a grain of salt. Possibly not. <laughs> yeah. Well. True. True. You know, you, you're making an assumption there, but I would assume the refs do, you know, can do the job they're employed for. And apparently that's not accurate either. Just to kind of wrap up the men so we can get on to the uh, women's game, uh, other good things that, uh, I, well, I reckon are good things, uh, David Ball and Ben Old getting on the field, father and son duo um, getting good minutes. That's got to be good to see. It's it's good that both are getting over their injuries. Yep, that that's really good that they're getting uh, available for more minutes in the leagues. That can only be positive for the squad depth moving forward. Um, the other. Um, positive for me was as much as we talk about Alex Paulson you know having those that potential for slipping up and just because he is so adventurous we still haven't seen it yet Um, so he's obviously he's been playing just on the right side of the line that's really good for a keeper his age I'm, I'm really stretching for positives no, there's, there's a couple more. There's at least one big, massive one you're missing. But yes, Alex Paulson, his performances so far for the entire season have been solid, consistent. He's made some spectacular saves, some that he didn't deserve to make. Like like you, as a keeper, you're going, you know, that those are those are the top 1% saves, you know, that, that you wouldn't usually think that they are going to get a hand to. So that's brilliant. That, that bodes fantastically well for a good, solid season for him coming up. 
Yeah, I think it was much like that Western Sydney game, right? It was defended well, didn't really offer too much, got a point that we probably wouldn't expect it to get away from home against two teams who come the end of the season are probably going to be up the top somewhere. Well, there we are. They're the, like, this is my massive positive. We're top of the league. We're equal top of the league on goal difference. We're third, but with the two teams that we played away and drawn with. We've drawn with, we've drawn with Wanderers. We've drawn with Victory. Those two are also tied with us on the top of the league. We've won our two games at home. We've won one of them very, very well. Our biggest number of goals in the game for at least five years, I think. Um, so, you know, there's there's a lot of positives to take out. If you look look beyond the fact that we played this game, and yes, victory were the better side, and you know we didn't take shots on uh, shots on goal that were on offer. Sure, yep. There's negatives there. We all agree that they're there. The positive is we came out of that game with a point, and we are still sitting at the top of the table, which is massive for this club after four games. Well said. Um... Obviously, uh, the next round is the international break. Uh, All White's playing a couple of games, Greece and Ireland, I believe. Um, so obviously, the uh, there's a couple of All Whites, uh, sorry, a couple of Knicks players going to the All Whites, uh, doing a, getting their um, air miles in so that they can take some nice long holidays in the break. Uh, so let's roll on to the women's game. First game at Jerry, Col- Jerry Collins Stadium. Sorry, Jerry. Um, against Western United. This was an interesting game. Uh, let's start with the team. Foster, Foster, Vandermeer, Barry, Davidson, Fraser, Taylor, Not, Main, Breslin, and Speckmeyer. I think the only change was Davidson. Uh, no, Foster came in back for goal. No, not, Bre- Breslin. Oh, Breslin, yes. Hope, hope Breslin. Yeah, and Not came in for Wesneski. Yeah, yeah. I, sorry, was glossing over that. This is a that Western United team is how can we say this politely combative. <laughs> I would have said argumentative, but yep, that's another way to describe it. They certainly spent a lot of time on the ground. I'll give you that. Well, they spent a lot of time with their mouths open too. They there was a lot of complaints about things, and as far as I could see, they were giving it as much as they were taking it. It was um, a particularly physical game. I think. Yep, I'd agree with that. Um, it, it, began, it actually became a bit frustrating at the end, um, or you know, as the game wore on, with just how stop-start some of that was with the amount of time those players were on the ground. I mean, seven minutes of additional time. We don't apply those minutes like the FIFA apply those minutes. So that gives you a fair indication that there's been some fantastic play acting from Wanderers uh, for, sorry, from Western in that in that uh, in that ninety minutes. Um, I'm struggling with how to sum this up, apart from just saying it was dominant. I I can't think of any particular aspect of the game that the Knicks weren't better than Western United, and even if it was only by a small margin. Um, I think maybe dominance. I don't know. Maybe overselling it a little bit. I think. In the first maybe 15 minutes, I think they were the better side. They probably could have quite easily been two goals up. They had a free header from, yeah, across that was sort of five or six yards uh, out wide, and then they hit the crossbar. So, you know, um, they score first. You know, is that a different game to how the rest of the game plays out? But I think 
it's speaking of injury, I think after about 15 minutes, I think one of their players goes down. There's quite a long break, and um, Paul Temple pulls the whole team over, and there's a big talking to, and then they go back, and after that, we're much better, much better mm. side. I think there's a little bit of maybe there's a little bit of getting used to the pitch and the winter conditions because it was quite windy out there. It was. Um, but after that, we 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 seem to move the ball better, win some more balls in midfield, and, and just be a bit more clinical and a bit more commanding of of you know, across the pitch. And after that kind of that sort of last sixty or seventy minutes, I thought we were yeah much the better side. But we just perhaps a little bit fortunate we weren't uh, chasing the game at the start. Yeah, that's yeah. I have to I have to agree. I think there was there's probably two fifteen minute periods. I reckon one in the first half, one in the second half, where we were on the back foot that first fifteen minutes for sure. I uh, say so in um, maybe in about the middle ish third of the second half, Western had a period of time with uh, with some dominance and certainly uh, creative. You know, there was there was a lot more action around our box than theirs. But I don't feel at any point like they were going to win that game. I genuinely felt after that first 15 minutes that we were the one that will score the most goals, if that makes sense. Yeah, that was kind of my feeling as well. It wasn't necessarily the patches in the game, but it just, I don't know, it was that that air about it. Even when United were getting opportunities, they seemed a bit tentative. And I don't know, I I have a bit of confidence in this team, even though they're really only shown this improvement for a few games i mean they'd be well within their rights to have a game off um let's talk about um their attack because this is kind of what what everyone's looking at and saying is a really really impressive especially compared to the previous years where there's been that inability to get goal scoring opportunities and take advantage of it this team's quite creative in their in their ability to move the ball but their ability to be quite relatively clinical Speckmeyer I don't think she's got a really clear-cut opportunity that you think that would suit her she's really good in the air but uh, which is surprising and a bonus but her ability to chase things down but I'm just waiting for something to break in front of her and her to just run through straight on goal but she doesn't seem to have that you say clinical but we our three goals were all set pieces. If I stand by my my theory, they don't really count. <laughs> that, that's going to hell of a hell of a test today, buddy. <laughs> oh, it's only one and a half nil day. Only one and a half nil. <laughs> um, we talk about Spitwell. She probably had the two. Maybe the two best chances we created in open play. There was one, I think, not we had. A, not kind of maybe you know, it was from a free kick or something or a long pass and not knocked it down to the head and it's landed a feet of spec my who only had the keeper there and tried to tow it and it, i think it came off the keeper's face hmm. and then there was another quite early on i think where she did a little shimmy a uh, little goose step and sold a, quite a good dummy to the defender and then had a shot that that dragged wide so a bit of a workhorse up there eh, i think and um yep. i think she was she, she will score a lot of goals obviously it's not quite I think she probably just doesn't realise she's got a bit more time on the ball than she she does. Maybe she's just not that she can probably take on a few more defenders than what she has. Like I think last week against Brisbane, she took that shot from that pass back that was like mm. well outside the box when she had a chance to take a touch, go into the box and create a better opportunity. So yeah, she's definitely yeah got the ability. It's 
nice if we can score a few more sort of goals from open open play and be a bit more clinical. Yeah, I, I think I, I think you're probably you're very right. She, her work rate is really high. I'm curious that she I haven't we haven't seen her try to guess like a centre back. You know, she shows up out wide and she shows that she's got good speed. But I haven't seen her just go, actually, I'm up here by myself. I'm just going to go and see where I can get to. Um, which I reckon she might, you, I think you're right, Dale. I think she could probably get away with that, maybe take that extra touch or two and, and get people moving back. But in saying that, when you've got that midfield, is she kind of thinking, actually, I want to get them involved in the game. I want to get them kind of moving forwards. I want to get main... Um, I want to get uh, uh, Manai Elliott, Fraser, Fraser Flea, <laughs> Chloe Not. I don't think it's her thinking this. I think it's probably more attempts of saying yep. your role is this. So, and and she's she's playing a nine. She's playing a, a a good nine role, but as a nine, her job isn't getting in behind and running at those defenders. It's getting the ball up and getting the other midfielders, the more creative players involved and then taking those opportunities those poacher goals those header goals you know from set piece stuff that uh when you are uh when you're in the round the box so i think she's delivering the things that the system we're playing require of her and yes we may see her you know do something different later in the game when we have different opponents but last year western united were the second best team in the league and we had no idea how that was going to play out this season so perhaps we perhaps we've set her out to play that standard nine role to because we don't know how western's going to shape up and how they're going to play especially off what they did last year yeah, uh, let's roll back a bit to set piece. I mean, obviously that's a, one of Foster's best attributes, right? Her ability to deliver set pieces. I, I don't think it, she has too many better set piece deliverers in the league. I I, I want to come back to Dale Singh and saying, you know, it may not be, you know, it's not the prettiest goal, but it's a strength of ours, right? we have someone that can deliver the ball in consistently and very well. And now with Macy Fraser, we're looking at someone that can take shots on goal from a relative distance from set piece. Why not play to that strength? Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, if you're in that situation, try, try to score for it. I think I guess the difference between this year and last, you know, last year is last year. We pretty much only had, set pieces right like i'd hate to think what the stats was but i'd say probably two-thirds to you know yeah it was i think it was pretty close to two-thirds of our goals came from scrappy play following a set piece yeah i'm not sure what what it is now but it feels like we are far more creative outside of those instances which gives us much more you know challenge challenges for other teams to deal with because you still need to get up to the yeah, after they're taking third to win a quarter or win a dangerous free, you know, free kick. So the fact that we can get up there and, and win more chance, yeah, be in more positions to score from both open play and um, set pieces, I think, yeah, that's only a good thing. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's the point for me, mate. That's exactly the point. Last year we had set pieces, but this year we have some incredibly creative players in that midfield who are going to do some pretty creative shit outside those set pieces. So it's a, there's more than one way we score. Yes, we got three goals from free kicks in this game 
I don't care if we score pretty goals. I don't care if we score ugly goals. I care if we score goals and we win games. And we're playing a brand of football which is enjoyable to watch on top of that. So, you know. Well, I mean, it's funny you mentioned the the scrappy goals because that was, that was that first one from a corner that just dropped on that near post and Chloe not just said, yoink. Um, I do take your point, Dale, that they're ugly. But if someone's if someone's not going to clear their lines, that's them not playing good football. And if someone's there to take advantage, that's playing good football. Um, oh, absolutely! Yeah, don't disagree. <laughs> so yeah, I love Chloe's celebration too. You see that absolute joy on her face when she scored that goal. I don't think she could quite actually believe it. Well, then, she doesn't score many. It was many. a nice touch. So no, she doesn't. And it was a nice touch. Uh, acknowledging was in the crowd after after she scored as well, obviously, because Wiz has had that massive injury and has gone for the season, and Chloe's come in and taken her position. So, yeah, it was a quite quite a nice touch, that. Mm, yeah. Uh, it, it never hurts to get it, an early one, and that was... Uh, this kind of felt very much like that was the just getting over the crest of the hill to me as far as momentum. It's kind of once we had that goal and we had a bit of impetus going forward, it didn't feel like they were ever pegging us back, even with the the few moments that they did have going forward. Let's talk about that Fraser free kick. I mean, I reckon we can spend an hour on that alone, we've, we've, and we don't. Have I don't think Dale's allowed to talk about that Fraser free kick because to him, it's only worth half a goal. <laughs> no, I, come on, even look, even you, I... Dale, have got to say that that is worth a full goal. Oh, look, look my position is they are goals; they just cannot be considered goals of the season. So with a wall, hard, hard disagree. I it over genuinely the... think this what this one is going to be solidly in the top three come end of the season. And if it wins, if it wins, it deserves it. It might possibly be in the top three, but it cannot be number one. I'm sorry, it's just not possible. Dale, you have and you're allowed to you're allowed to be wrong, buddy, and that's okay. But you just need to accept that you're wrong. This was a stunning piece of skill and a spectacular goal, which would deserve to be the goal of the season if it wins it. Dale, as the kids say, I don't want to ick your yum, but you're so fucking wrong. That was I don't know what, gorgeous. I don't even know what that means. Yeah, well, me neither, but they could say it. Um, <laughs> no, but I will tell you, it's, it's basically saying if somebody... I hate Halloween. My daughter loves it. She tells me off when I tell her that I don't like Halloween because I'm icking her yum because she loves it and I just like yeah. it. There you go. <laughs> Fucking kids. <laughs> um, yeah. I mean, Fucking yes. <laughs> so we're talking what? 20 metres out, ripped it right foot over the wall, side netting. No one's saving that. I don't care. You're not getting close to it. Um, well, particularly not because of the keeper keeper stepped the wrong way first. So she definitely wasn't getting anywhere near it. In, in that keeper's defence, who's expecting that? Who's expecting yeah. someone to hit that free kick? You, you're right. thinking maybe some of the top people in the world are hitting that. But apart from that, not this little lass from um, the Knicks, who is only a first season, is going to smash that. And wait, I, I'll wait. I don't, think even, I don't think Macy was taking the free kick. I thought Foster was. Like, looking at the routine they had, I couldn't even see Macy Fraser standing near it. I could see Spickmeyer, and I saw Foster, and I thought, that's going to be Foster taking this. And we left foot curling top bins, away we go. 
didn't even see Macy Fraser. So the fact that she's come and hit that and surprised the keeper and the defenders, not surprised. That doesn't surprise me at all. Once I've watched that again, um, that was that was uh, beautiful. See the way she set up, I I got the the distinct impression that yeah she was gonna she wanted to have a crack at this. It was just a question of whether the whether the skip was going to turn around and go, no kid, you got to in your stripes. You don't come in here and just start taking nah, this. Free. This was called by this was called by temps on the sideline. Well, that is. That is very good faith in a young player. Um, obviously, another person that's had a bit of faith in um, young Miss Fraser is uh, Helena, who has, quite, even though she couldn't make it, felt the need to really pop in here and say, I absolutely told you about Macy, which, had to fair dues, she did. She bloody told us she, Macy Fraser was that good. Um, I'd like to point out that I said that pre-season as well. Yeah, but we don't listen to you. Helena, we do. It's okay, man. No one does. Um, it's, it, obviously that free kick's amazing. Um, and yeah, there was the own goal as well. It was just kind of a bit of icing on the cake. Um, I certainly felt, it felt like karmic justice with the amount of whining going on that, you know, they'd spent all that time with their foot in their mouths bitching about everything and then they finally pull their foot out they shove the you know kick it into their own goal um well it's actually quite funny because this the sequence of three corners came straight after a player was actually injured for uh backing into and hitting on the head on the post trying to defend some play so it was one of the few times i would definitely say i know the player was injured because i was standing right there and i heard it and saw it so cool but yeah the, the three corners that came subsequent to that and we got the goal on the third one yeah Another positive from this is obviously Flea. Um, we, we've still got this midfield now that's humming. We've still got Flea basically to get minutes in her legs before she can effectively start. I mean, when you're keeping out someone of her quality, you know, you, you would think that by now she would be getting a start if we were worried about what was going on. It speaks volumes, I think, that one, that Temp's got the faith in the, the um, newer players, the ones with the less experience, but also that they're just doing the job. I mean, it's, it's interesting when you kind of see the, like the players who started a lot of games for us last year who can't even, A, get in this match day, well, can't even get on the starting level, but also can't even make the match day squad. You know, mm. um, like Alyssa Wynnum hasn't played a minute, Makata Robinson hasn't played a minute. Yeah, even Chloe Knott's been on the bench a bit. Like it just goes to show how much more quality there is across the park in this in this side this year. And you know, having you having Flea on the on the bench and be able to come on and, and just if it's if it's like Clyde past players in the midfield. Um, there's one instance which came on, she just chopped a little swivel and just went past a person like defended with ease and got us back up to halfway in a in a blink of an eye. Um, it really shows her where she is in this kind of the quality of this league is, is you know, she's kind of up there in the, um, and so it's going to be between basically her and not about who, who plays the most minutes between the two, isn't it really? Oh, I don't know that it is. I mean, with all due respect to Chloe, not. Yeah. Yes. I mean, it's not, but you know, not as the one who's probably going to drop out when Longo is um, back up to full fitness. Yep. Yep. I, I, I can't imagine how, this would play out if 
Grace Wisniewski wasn't injured as well, you'd just have, you know, p- potentially two of them sitting on the bench, just not getting minutes. And that the way that the way that they're all playing now, it would feel very unfair for any of them to be sitting down. I, I would love to get your opinion because I didn't actually get to Jerry Collins Stadium on the weekend to get your opinion on how it went as a venue. I am a great fan of a rectangular field. I, w- I would love to know whether it actually um, worked out. You should, you should probably field this one to start with, uh, Dale, as a, <laughs> from a fan's perspective, because uh, your take on it may be very different to mine. Yeah, I thought getting to the ground was pretty easy. I went the back. I decided not to take a shot and I thought I'll take the back way through Polydor and drive past the stadium and see how far, how backed up it is before seeing if there's some car parks. And there were pretty far car parks within like 200 yards. And that was like 20 minutes before kickoff. So it's a very good setup with that, that stand office. It's like perfect size, got a lid on it. Obviously it helped making a noise with the noise of the, um, there as well with the sort of low roof, a few minor gripes, but, you know, there's probably not enough food and drink facilities. It's a little bit of a shame the pitch isn't a bit closer to the embankment. It hasn't been, like, because it's set up for rugby, there's where the byline is, but then there's another big, you know, where the in goal would be, and then there's a fence, and then there's the embankment. So it's quite far back from the embankment. So if you're on there, you probably, you're actually quite, probably about as far away from Sky Stadium as you are. So it's a bit of a shame that's, that's the case. Um, but, yeah, I had a great old time. Yeah, I can't really have any, too many negative negative things to say, really. It's a real shame, I think, that there's not a night game there. I think that would be quite cool. How was the wind in the stand? Yeah, it was pretty chilly there. I mean, it's 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 somewhat exposed, I think, to a, I think to a southerly. And so it was blowing straight down the pitch, and I think, I think both teams tried to struggle with that. I think as much as I was mocking the Americans about the how sticky the they're claiming how sticky the grass was at Sky Stadium, I think at Porter, I think it's a bit it was a bit drier there, so I don't think the ball ball moved across the field. There's not, I don't think there's built in sprinklers, so they can't give it a spray before the, the game starts. So what well, it's probably not as a not saying it's bad by any stretch, but probably just not as slick as Sky Stadium is in terms of how fast the, the pitch is. Um, so maybe there's a little bit of challenge with that if people are getting used to that as well. What about you, Cam? Uh, it's open to the north, not the south. Um, so it would be hit by hit by a northerly, and that was a northerly that was coming through there. Um, I really, I really liked the venue. I agree, it'd be cool if that bank was closer. I think because honestly, if you pack a picnic and go sit on that bank for an early dinner and take the family along, actually, that's a really nice way to spend an evening, to be honest, and it's not that expensive to buy tickets to get to them to the game. Um, I think if the weather was unpleasant, it wouldn't be a great place to watch. Um, I think the fact that it was you know, windy, yeah, um, the fact that it was a sunny day made a difference as well. So it was a, it made it a nicer environment to be in. I just think if you were... People coming down right down to the sideline, they were coming right down to the middle bars that sit along the side of the our game and watching from there which was fantastic because you can't do that at uh, at the stadium and that adds something that adds a bit of if you get the right people down there it adds a bit of niggle it adds a bit of uh, a bit of banter into the um 
into the experience of being there at the football as well, which is something that we don't get uh, particularly much at Sky. Um, yeah, the facilities, as far as I was concerned, the facilities were fine. Um, I didn't uh, I didn't go to any of the food stalls, but I saw there was a bit of a queue there at halftime. Um, so that might be something to look at. I don't know. Um, what I loved, though, was that there was a queue uh, half an hour to get in, half an hour before the gates opened. There, was a, there were people queuing in their parking lot to come in. And so the 1,700 they did get was a, was a great number. I wasn't expecting it to be quite that high. So it was great. Speaking of, of Niggle, we decided to pick on um, Western United's right back for almost the entire game because at one point she stole about three yards up the touchline for a, for a throw and got called back. So we started giving it to her, which is something you can't do at Sky Stadium. You know, you, you, you're right there, you're 10 yards away. Uh, and she, I think at one point she gave us a sarcastic clap. So fair play back to her. The, the only other guy, two, two things. I'm surprised they didn't set up the cameras on the far side to look back at the crowd um, rather than looking at you know an abandoned softball diamond in the far distance. And also they didn't have the scoreboard working. So shirts off, there was we had to rely on someone starting their stopwatch at, uh, at the start of the second half to give us an internal countdown rather than relying on the scoreboard. So um, yeah, challenge, challenges to uh, yeah. Yeah, very big challenges we had to deal with. I think the um, I think the cameras was due to the sun, so it's always better to shoot with the sun behind you or beside you than shoot into the sun in those games. So if the opportunity is there to shoot that way, then shoot that way. Um, that would be my decision if I was the floor manager or producer in that situation. So that'll be what, well, as far as I can work out, that'll be why it was on that side. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the scoreboard was a funny one. I don't know why that wasn't working, but maybe we could send a message to the club and ask. Um, yeah, I mean, watching it on TV, it certainly. Certainly sounded pretty good. Um, uh, oh, oh, my old chum Martin Devlin <laughs> decided to make some rando comment about it being fake, um, fake audio or something from a from some other game, and I'm like, you can literally hear the, the yellow fever making charts at. Uh, uh, oh my god! Whatever. Um, yes. Can I? I need to admit something here. Sky, they they gave us a call midweek and said, "Can you pre-record some chants that we can pipe into the pipe into the audio off the TV?" It's a joke. Yeah, it's just weird. Not a good one, bro. <laughs> Not a good one. Yeah. <laughs> I thought you might have fell for. It. I think you both fell for that. No, we were just thinking it was pretty <laughs> shit. Um, it's way different. <laughs> Damn it. Yeah. Um, the the other thing was. I, I, I saw the Western United men play uh, Newcastle uh, on TV and they were playing in this massive cavernous oval with no stands at all. And I was just sitting there like, the Knicks women are playing in this rectangular state field with um, stands and you're nice and close. Damn, that's just so good. The difference just from watching it on TV was just night and day. And I, I, th- I was all for that. So... Yeah, it looked amazing. Hopefully it's kind of like that the, the next time they play, um, which I should say, the next time they play is uh, not at Jerry Collins, but is against the Central Coast Mariners uh, at 8pm on Saturday. Um, Mariners sitting sixth on four points. Uh, we're sitting uh, third on nine points. 
a healthy goal difference of five, though. So that's pretty tidy. Mariner's a bit of an unknown quantity this year, obviously. Um, it'll be a, be an interesting matchup. One of these ones that kind of, we've got to beat these teams if we want to think about the top four, right? Yeah, and, and every indication so far is that that's something that we could do. I mean, obviously, City is going to be, I think, City and by the looks of it, Perth are going to be the two teams which are going to be top of the league. But at the moment, and with the way that we played against uh, City, there's no reason why we can't compete with all of them. We're certainly showing that we can be a, a top four team. Um, Mariners, as you say, completely unknown. They've got a 1-1-1 one, one, and one record, so it doesn't really tell us a hell of a lot about them yet either. So, uh, yeah, it'll be a bit of an unknown going into it, but our team's changed a fair bit as well. So no one will want to be facing us this season. No one will want to play us, and that's a good place to be in. Yeah, that, they had a draw with um, Brisbane 1-1 last weekend. Didn't have a lot of possession, but had more more shots. So obviously maybe a little bit more of a counter-attacking team, but... I mean, on the face of it, you back ourselves, right? Um, at least to get a draw. Yeah, it feels like. The, I mean, certainly, I feel confident in the in the team doing well. So I'm sure that they feel confident by now as well. Um, obviously, not that team isn't as used to international travel. Um, what with a whole lot of new players in there, the Americans probably. Um, while well, they've done a fair bit of travelling when they were playing over in the States, wouldn't have been doing it internationally. Um, it's a bit of a new experience, maybe. may take a little bit of getting used to, but wait and see. So, some of that travel across the US is pretty staggering, Bo, so I think they'll probably be all right. Uh, Central Coast have got um, Azul Gomez starting for them in central midfield, who were, was released by us in the off-season. So um, perhaps that gives, a, gives the indication of us trying to upgrade and and doing so and they've kind of so you'd think on the on the face of it we should be um pretty strong favorites for that yeah. game yeah coming up against someone who's an off cast is normally a uh a should be a sign that you've if you've got your uh, recruitment right um that's probably the end of uh our wee chat if we want to make sure that dale gets to bed before midnight uh gents i've enjoyed talking with you I've enjoyed more that we've kept it on time. <laughs> enjoyed it more that Dave's not here as well? No, normally I don't get to chat so much when Dave's here, so it gives me a bit more of a break to sit here and drink my wine. So come back <laughs> soon, Dave. I'll, I'll be here a lot less sober. Um, thanks <laughs> on that note. Thanks for listening. Um, we'll be back uh, next week uh, to review the... Uh, women's team playing the Mariners, hopefully with a nice big win. Keep on bumping them up the table. Otherwise, stay safe. Talk later. Bye. Bye.